Me I go yan, me I go speak my mind. Me I go yan, them things say we blind. Make we yan, why are my people so poor? We can't take this no more. Me I go yan. Yeah, what's good, my people? Uh, welcome to another episode of Make We Yan. As you all know, Make We Yan is a non-partisan platform where we speak the uncomfortable truths. Yeah, we ask a lot of questions and we try to give you. Unbiased political uh, discussions. Yeah, so. absolutely. So today, there's just two of us here. Um, you should know my voice by now. This is Solomon Nkang. And uh, my name is Basil Anthony Abia. Yeah, aka Sile, with the money. So today, our topic, National Assembly Blockade and the Uncommon Defector. Yeah, and by Uncommon Defector, you all know what we're talking about. As, uh, the recent defection of um, a very big political heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, in the south south of Nigeria, um, Senator Godfrey Akpabio, who just defected to the APC, and really, really changed the political landscape. Mm-hmm. So, Solomon, let's, let's discuss that uncommon defector and Change. the implications to both APC and the PDP, PDP. as well as south south politics. Okay, so um, talking about Akpabio, Akpabio's defection came as a shock to most of us. Like, I think it was on Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday, I just that's when, the rumor, that's when the rumor came out. So I just got out of church. A friend of mine called me, oh, boy, don't hear. Probably one defect. I'm like, guys, yeah, not possible. It's not possible. Like, yeah, you know how you hear of someone, you just know it's not possible. It's not possible, yeah. So that's, that's the first thing. It was a shocker. So I read up. Next thing we saw, Akbabio with Tinobu. Next thing, Akbabio was with Buari. Next thing, and then he flew back to Nigeria. Flew back to Nigeria. Next thing, APC make him out here and there. Um, and then of their flamboyant event to welcome Akbabio. Then on Wednesday, yeah, on Wednesday was the event, but yes. Tuesday, on Tuesday, something interesting happened he, when he got to the airport. So you see, two commissioners actually went to welcome Akbabio. Yeah. Two uh, commissioners two from commissioners went to welcome Akbabio. And then they eventually got sacked by the sitting governor, Udo Manuel. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't find it, he wasn't pleased with that move. So on Wednesday, at the Ikotepene Stadium, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a massive event, massive yeah. turnout. The crowd, whether it was rented or not rented, the crowd was massive. I mean, you you wouldn't be surprised with that because he's from Ikotepene. Yeah, he's from Ikotepene, and he has done a lot, especially yeah. for for his people there, basically yeah. in Akwaibo. So you won't be surprised to see that kind of turnout. No, you won't be surprised. Yeah, won't so be surprised. I wasn't really surprised for the turnout. So the the turnout was massive. Um, the whole what it entails basically for Aquarium is he just changed the game. Absolutely, changed the game. So Aquarium is on the verge of, or rather, PDP is on the verge of losing Aquarium. Why would I? Why? Why? The current governor of Aquarium is really not popular. as popular as Aquarium. He has lost. He has almost lost his popularity. So the only issue APC may have now it's just the name APC that APC is more or less like a northern party and then PDP is like a party for the south but that not notwithstanding APC has a strong chance right now you see Apabio before 2015 was seen as a god so now most of the people in APC most of the people we have in APC now from Aquabium State you have the top guys in APC Aquabium. You have Don Ikere. You have Don Etiebe. You have um, Senator Itainang. You have um, Umana Umana. Yeah, you have Udo Odoma. 
and the rest of them, all these guys were PDP loyalists before Akpabio came. Most of them were loyalists under Victor Attar. Yeah. So, so when Victor Attar left, left, they followed him? No, when, when Victor Attar left, some of them were still in the party. Victor Attar is still in PDP. When he left as governor, yeah. some of them were still in PDP under Akpabio. But APC started getting grants in Akpabio 2015. When Akpabio... Don't, don't interview it as... Has never been PDP. Okay, no, no, other than don't tell But APC started gaining ground when Akpabio single-handedly ensured that Udomi Manuel came as governor. Udomi Manuel is a Lagos boy. He was in Lagos, Zenit Bank. Came. He was running against Manau Manau. Manau Manau has been in Akpabio for the longest since Victor Attack. So you bring this guy from Lagos to Akpabio. Most of the Akpabio politicians that already wanted to become governor. You start sidelining them and sidelining them rather and playing them. So you have the likes of um, Basi Albert, you have the likes of um, um, Nsima Ikeri. Nsima Ikeri was interestingly was Akpabio's um, deputy governor. You have, there are several of them, there's Helen Eswene and the rest of them. So all these guys had political intention. They either wanted to become governor or senator or whatever, but Akpabio had to clear the way to ensure only his people emerged in office. Now, what he entails for Aquabium, there was a group formed in 2015 called the G22. The G22 group were the people that left PDP, Aquabium PDP, frustrated. They were frustrated. Aquabium literally frustrated them out of PDP because you see someone like, um, I don't want to call names, but let me just call it, we are talking about it. Someone like Itainan, Senator Itainan, who was an incumbent, Senator, he has been in the National Assembly for almost yeah, okay. 18 years, for a he long in, time. He was, in reps, reps to was Senate. To Senate. he was in reps for 12 years, he was in the State House. So it's almost literally not, it's unthinkable to think he can lose election as a sitting Senator, but he lost the election. So rumors have it that, okay, Akbabio struck a deal with Basi Albert, who also wanted to be governor. The deal was, don't contest, rather contest for the Senate. I will ensure he gets to the Senate. Basi Albert was Commissioner of Finance. So he got to the Senate. Itainang left because the primary did not even hold. It was not free and fair. So Itainang was frustrated out of PDP to APC before he got this appointment with, from Buhari. Nsima Ikere, Deputy Governor, wanted to be Governor, was frustrated after the primaries because the, there was almost no primaries. Udomo single-handedly the flag bearer of PDP. Just six months into Akwabim politics or six months into PDP. You see, my career was frustrated out. All these guys left, formed the group G22 to support Umana Umana. Now, Umana Umana was already vying for APC's. Yeah, Umana Umana was already APC's monetary candidate. So all these guys came behind Umana Umana. You get, you get the whole story. Their point was Akpabio was a demigod or is a god, sees himself as a god. But 22 of them plus Umana Umana could not still pull mm-hmm. this god down. Yeah. So what did they do? In 2018, fast forward to 2018, they fought with the god. They couldn't win the god. They rather now welcome, welcome him to their, to their new paradise. Yeah. From, from, according to them, PDP killed the state for 16 years. So now you're welcoming him. <laughs> so it just all boils down. Let me, let me come along so you It just all boils down to the golden rule of politics. There are no permanent friends and there are no permanent yeah. enemies. You just have permanent interests. So, um, but see, well, yeah. is, it, is it safe to say that 
Um, on a gubernatorial scale, mm-hmm. when it comes to governorship elections, yeah. Udom Imanum might not win, which means APC might actually stand a chance now, genuinely, because mm-hmm. we know Akwaiwam is a traditional PDP state. Yes. It's like in America when you say blue state or red state. Yes. It's like Texas. You definitely know, no matter how bad the Texan, uh, the Texan Republican is, they will still win the governorship elections. Mm. The same thing with Akwaiwam. No matter how bad, until this thing happened, no matter how bad the PDP guy is, you yeah. still win. You still win the election. Because Akwaiwam is a traditional PDP state. Yeah. Now, with this switch, is it safe to say that government in the gubernatorial elections, APC genuinely has a chance for the first time, but in presidential elections, APC might not swing, swing for. Why you might not win Akwaiwam? In fact, I'm yeah. for me, I personally believe that Akwaiwam will vote PDP in the presidential elections, mm-hmm. but in the gubernatorial election or the governorship elections, it will go towards APC. APC. That's what I genuinely believe. Well, well, on my own part, I feel presidential election fixed. Akwaibumais will vote PDP. Like I said, Akwaibum traditional states, PDP, the South-South traditional Gen- PDP. Generally, PDP, apart from Edo State, apart, of course. Yeah, 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 apart from Edo. But traditional, traditionally speaking, the South-South. you know, Akwaibumais, you can already call that Akwaibumais will vote for a PDP candidate or Another candidate, Dan Buari, in sure. twenty sure. in twenty fifteen. Anyone but Buari come twenty fifteen. But what will happen for the gubernatorial is that it is too early to call. Now, Udom does not really have popularity in the state anymore. At the same time, Apabio's marriage with APC is a ticking bomb. If Apabio frustrated these guys out of the PDP. I am of the opinion that Apabio will frustrate these guys out of APC. And they will go back to PDP. They will go somewhere else. Because they might not... They, yeah, even if they go back to PDP. But the, Apabio is almost going to frustrate these guys. Now, rumor has it already that Apabio is not in support of the number one container for the APC's um, flag. And see, my career is like number one guy right now. Because in every state, you have... They obey this zoning thing and all that. Yeah. So right now in Akwaibum, I believe it's the northwest, northwest um, Centurial District that's come up with someone. So Udom is there to do eight years. Then he goes. Then it's now go to Uyo Centurial District. That's northeast. But right now, if Udom has to go, APC has to flag someone from the northwest Centurial District to complete the four years of mm. the eight year of their eight years. So the closest person they can flag now, in fact, their number one contender now is either Nsimai Kere. Who is from the Northwest. Yeah, Nsimai Kere is from the Northwest. He's an, uh, yeah, Northwest. But if Apabio and Nsimai Kere cannot reconcile their issues, whatsoever issue they had in the past, then that's, they, they will start having inter-party, um, what do they call it now, differences. They will lose this momentum which they're already gaining. And they'll easily they'll make it an easy battle for the PDP. The mistake Apabio will make is to get someone from outside, like he did for PDP, getting Udom Emmanuel from Lagos. The mistake you make is to get someone from outside now, when election is barely six months away, to come and start contesting in Akwaibum now against a PDP sitting governor. Yeah. So would Akwaibum vote for APC come 2019? I don't know. 
is is a close is a close one to call close at this one. point. I think we'll have to wait till at this point till uh, the the uh, the uh, primaries, the, the state primaries, polls, and then from the state primaries, I think will be it will be clearer mm. how to dissect um, possibilities of yeah, whoever yeah. has the strong the strong point. And well, uh, and well, we'll, we'll also have to push acquirements every acquirement. Every acquired indigenous that listens to this show would just say, rather than saying, oh, your state is traditional, PDP or um, APC is nothing party or whatever, like what we do, we're non-partisan, so we'd rather push that you hold on, listen to the policies of these individuals, and then see who best... Who's the best person for the job, basically? As in, who, who, who best fits Aquabum? Aquabum has absolutely no business still looking up to the federal government for mm. allocations. To be honest with me, I think from the IGR, I think the IGR should be more than what it is right now. But that the economic activity in Akraibom has picked up. I can probably give you 200% or 300% improvement in that because of the infrastructural development that Akraibom are putting in place. There's now more than enough people flocking in. Mm. Even you don't even need big multinationals in the aquarium to be able to pick up the idea. Yeah. The small economic activities in the aquarium is now moving widespread. You have eco-dependent that can stand on its own mm. as a local government because of the economic activity happening there. You have ECAT that has always stood on its own because of the oil exploration. Yeah. And then you now have Uyo that is now bigger and better. People mm. coming into the city, organizing big summits Tech-wise, you have people like Mark Essien bringing in lots of yeah, accelerators, yeah. development, um, ICT development hubs there and yet. And then you also have people wanting to hold events more than likely than before. You have when, manufacturing when picking up. Yeah, you have the hotel itself, the Lemurigan Hotel yeah. and the, the other... Tropicana. Uh, Ibom Tropicana as well. The Four Points by Four Points by Sheraton Hotel. You know, all these things are big pluses. You have people, you have people who are very big in, in terms of oil exploration in the Niger Delta picking Uyo as their leisure place mm. whenever they're, they're working to, normally these people will always fly their Bristol helicopters back to Lagos to chill, yeah. okay? but now they have the, the luxury of flying to Uyo to chill, mm-hmm. play some golf during the, the weekends, have some fun, you know, eat good food, watch football games, watch the Super mm-hmm. Eagles. You know, almost every two, yeah, two months the super nice, eagles come there. Nice so you have a nice kind of business leisure thing going on. You have you have Ibeno that yeah. should stand on his own. Yeah, Ibeno, uh, Ibeno beach. beach that should stand on his own. Obviously, so you look at this, whoever is going to be the state government should be someone who has to accelerate the development. He has, we cannot keep on managing what we have there. Akwabu should move to the next level. There should be a sort of somebody who is looking at Somebody who is looking at uh, uh, furthermore industrializing Aquaribum, first and foremost. Or pick the Dubai concept, for instance, business and leisure. Aquaribum has everything ready to do that. It has the, the Atlantic Ocean by the side, it has the oil by the other side, it has the aluminium by the other side as well. And you know, so there are things for you to look out for as an Aquaribumite if you're somebody that is from Aquarium State or, or, or someone who lives in Aquarium and you're looking out for who to vote for as the governor. So, for me personally, I'd say we need to get that done. We need to look at 
who are the uh, 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 candidates, what are they looking out for in terms of development for Aquarium. Also, education is also a very big disgrace in Aquarium State. Uh, infrastructure for schools, there's a death in quality in terms of, of infrastructure, in terms of education. Yeah. Healthcare has to improve drastically. There has to be grassroots development more than ever before. Uh, Security-wise, as well, it has to be improved. There's high rates of, 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 of crime, especially in Rio. Kidnap, and then you have the cult, cult wars around Eket and Oron. So you have to look at all these things, and these are the issues that are important for me as an Aquaibomite, or somebody, or a Nigerian residing in an Aquaibomite. And I have to look out for the candidate who can, you know, fix that. So, so, so second topic. That said, let's not dwell too much on Aquaibio, but. The what, what before we move on, what do you think would be the on the long run if the APC should win in Aquabum? What's the effect? Basically, on the South South, it, it, particularly, it changes as as a political strategist. If you're running, let's say you're a political strategist for PDP, mm. you you want to make sure that the entire South South, apart from Edo State, is locked down. Mm. You have to make sure that. The second one, you have to make sure that the Southeast is locked down. And by making sure that the Southeast is locked down, you have to make sure that your vice presidential candidate for whoever you, PDP is going to pick as the main presidential candidate has to be from the Southeast. Has to be. You get my point. And then, another point, you have to target the North Central. You just have to. With the killings going on and about, the North Central has to be swinging towards PDP if you want to stand a chance to win. Because we already know that the Northwest. Mm. And the Southwest will give everything they can for Buhari. So you're targeting the North, Central, and parts of the Northeast, especially Taraba, Adamawa State, and yeah. Gombe to an extent, because of the killings as well that's mm. happened, the headsmen killings and yeah. the rest. Gombe State, because of Dankwambu, to say. Mm-hmm. Dankwambu has done a very good job there. Yeah. Even if he doesn't get the presidential the candidate, presidential. he can put his weight on whoever PDP chooses as a, as a presidential mm-hmm. candidate and swing the state to him. We all know Bauchi is a traditional about, um, Buhari state. Mm-hmm. Even during the PDP <laughs> days, they were always voting for Buhari. For, for Buhari. So these are the equations you look out for as a political strategist. So for if, if APC are able to get uh, a quiet bomb to actually vote for Buhari, you know, that is going to change a lot of things. It's going to swing the pendulum. And I'm sorry to say it, if that happens, then even if um, the entire North is vote for PDP, it's going to change a lot of things. Because Aquaibom has, whether you like it or not, at least 1.5 billion votes on the ground. So imagine if APC gets 800 to 900,000 votes. Uh. Imagine if the entire, uh, the real Aquaibom people actually turn up. Yeah. Ikorek Penet turns up. Eket turns up. You know, Insima Ikeres wing turns up for Buhari. That is going to change the entire narrative. It's going to be disastrous. That's, that's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of votes. We don't joke with 1.5 million votes like that in the presidential election. So PDP PDP strategies should start thinking of ways to to lock down. Or a third party. If I am them, well, yes, a third party as well. But if I am a PDP strategist or a third force, mm. possibly say I'm in the camp of Hinsley Mogali, I'll be looking at how narratives to support. Narratives to make Aquaibon people want to vote for my party or for my party candidate. And that will be restructured. A typical Aquaibon person will want restructuring to be part of it because they realize that they play a very big part in the Nigerian economy. Yeah. They are the largest contributor of 
Oh, of yeah. crude oil mm-hmm. and the, the, the exploration activity in Aquamo has increased over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You contribute that much to the, they contribute a lot to the Commonwealth of Nigeria. So if you're contributing a lot to the Commonwealth of Nigeria and you still have big issues with education, yeah. you still have big issues with, with poverty, you still have to, you still have family members who still take their kids to Lagos or Abuja to work as, as domestic yeah. Domestic workers, then there's a problem. Popularly called. There's a yeah. problem. Of course, you know the, the stereotypes. Ekaite and So basically, when you have these problems, as a politician who wants to swing the support of these people towards your own party or towards your own, your own candidate, the ideology should be around economic restructuring, yeah. giving states more licenses over the economy. Uh, mining licenses, exploration licenses, mm. power to be able to choose that, uh, more revenue, uh, apart from that as well, and then most importantly, taxation. And give Aquabon a port. Yeah, and then give Aquabon a port. There's Ibaka Deep Sea Port, which is, has a very strong mm. capability. We all know the mess that's happening in Lagos. Mm. So if you, as a person, let's say you're a church force, you give that as a promise. And as a promise, you're not saying you're going to do that. What you're saying is you're going to give licenses to private uh, do it. individuals to do it. Where, that's where PPP comes from because there's no longer time for government to be in charge of constructing oh, ports yeah. or managing ports right now. Yeah. So let's, let's just swing on, let's move on to the same, same last week, National Assembly Palava. So the guys claim they arrived, or they arrived at 7 a.m. Some arrived earlier, some arrived later. Found that the place was locked, couldn't gain any trance. I mean, we all saw the videos, Max Men and all that. Max, uh, um, DSS operatives. DSS operatives. First and foremost, there are lots of questions to ask, but I think the first one for any Nigerian who is passionate about democracy, yeah. it is ridiculous to have a security force that is under the control of the executive mm-hmm. coming to block members of the National Assembly yes, from entering the House. It says two things. It's either a political coup on another arm of government that is supposed to be independent. Uh-huh. And another thing, it says that it is an oppressive notion of the executive trying to lampoon every other political force towards its way. So when you have these two things coming out, it brings about, I mean, whether we like it or not, the international community are watching closely. Yes. If that kind of thing happens in a democracy that has been there since 1999 then in a supposed democracy a supposed democracy then you you're bringing a lot of things i mean you're going to first and foremost our economy is going to suffer the consequences mm-hmm. our foreign direct investment for the past three years has been dropping it's going to drop further because political instability is a turn off turn off for impending investors yes People are going to stop. Why am I bringing in my, my hard and billions yeah, into this when economy when I know that a political can coup can happen? There can be serious implications towards this. Civil unrest. You know, yes. Yeah. Anything, yeah. Anything, civil unrest can rise up from this. Political unrest can rise up from this. A lot of things cannot ha- can happen. Secondly, if President Osipanjo didn't act the way he acted and in such a way was silent, because you know, silence actually means two things. Either you're in support or you're trying to be exactly. neutral. You get so the silence from President Osipanjo, if he had not acted the way he acted that day, would have meant that the National Assembly will have to defend itself. And now the National Assembly defend itself. 
we will not be on the sitting ground with INEC to authorize funds for the elections, mm -hmm. and we will not be on the sitting ground to pass necessary things that they need to pass for the budget to go swift. And you know, you know what that means. The budget doesn't take a full flight. The economy suffers disastrously. Um, INEC doesn't have funds to um, prepare, for, uh, prepare election. for elections. We are more political unstable than before. So it affects the economy, it affects the politics, it affects everything in the state. So basically, that action itself taken by the DSS destroyed a lot of things for Nigeria within that point. It's good to point out that the, the vice president, who at that time was the active president, took the action that he took. But as Nigerians, we have to ask certain questions. We have to speak uncomfortable truths. What led to this? Who ordered, who ordered, who ordered it? it? We all know that the only person who has the power to order it is the president. And at that point in time, technically, the president was Osibandi because he's the acting president. Uh, president uh, Buhari handed over everything as the constitution demands. So, so if the president didn't order it, who was behind it? So even certain questions to act on his own. If an individual acts on his own, it is treason. So, so if treasonous act like that could have to mean he'll have to be behind the bars for years. In fact, if not for years, he'll be behind the bars till he dies for life. Basically. Because that is a treasonous act. An individual taking ransom of it, an arm of the government. Mm. It's I don't think Nigerians realize how the gravity. The gravity of what happened. They don't realize that. You know? And I'm not giving. I'm not going to give room for conspiracy theories. There, there, it, it's natural for people to bring about conspiracy theories, but we have to work with what we have: facts, mm -hmm. hard and facts. We saw the facts there. Laudara uh, um, uh, um, uh, took the decision to leave the DSS boys there. Mm -hmm. We saw the DSS boys masked. We all know the implications when we see masked DSS operatives wherever they are. It means that there is a threat to the nation itself. So it means that the DSS felt that the National Assembly were a threat to the, the sanity or the security of the, uh, of the Federation. And also it also means that the DSS were having an assault on our democracy by attacking or, blo or blockading a very important institution in the Federation. Mm -hmm. So you look at all these things. These are the hard-end facts that we can find. Another hard-end fact is that the acting president at that time sacked the DSS, boss. the DSS boss for that decision. Mm -hmm. um, directed that the DSS operatives withdraw from the uh, uh, National Assembly and directed that the police put uh, um, the sacked and disgraced DSS boss in their con custody, especially the, the FSA. Was he, was he actually in their custody? Yeah, he was in their custody for. Mm -hmm. the, I think he's still in their custody because he has not been released. Okay. So he's still in their custody. And for me, I personally believe he's going to be there for a long time. So. These are the facts to walk around, and I think with the facts to walk around, what Nigerians should be looking out for is what led to that. What led to Laudara making that kind of decision? We all know that it's a fact that Laudara is a family member yeah. to the president, to the president who is who now on holiday. Was uh, protecting their family business. Though. So basically, we all know that's a fact that he's a family member. So is it is it a case of him um, um, betraying the trust of his family member who's 
the elected president? Uh, or is it the case of him taking the decision on his own? Or is it the case of the acting president trying to influence things? These are all questions to ask, mm-hmm. but they are facts. And we have already laid down the facts that, uh, um, that for people to see, uh, most importantly, as I said, I will not give room to, to conspiracy theories that have been floating around social media because at the end of the day, as Nigerians, we have to use our experience from 2015 to be better. And the experience from 2015 is we lay out everything to play out. We should allow things to pan out before reaching a conclusion. I'm not going to reach a conclusion because one-fifth, even one-fifth of what happened on that ill-fated day has not been laid out for us yeah. to find out. We are going to find out as the days go, go by. And I think with, with time, we will be able to put our finger across um, what exactly happened and who yeah. was behind what happened. what happened. But for me personally, as a Nigerian, that was one of my one of the worst days as a Nigerian. You can put this day, you can put what happened that day, the same gravity with June 12th. Not the same gravity, but the same implication to our democracy with yeah. June 12th. You know, you can I get, I get Yeah, you know, so it's, it's disgraceful that that happened and it says a lot about the fragile state of Nigeria as a so, democracy. So, still so, um, on the same topic, do you think since um, Bukola Saraki has switched platforms from the APC to the PDP, do you think he should resign as Senate president or is the, is the office fixed to the party or is the office fixed to the individual? Because I think it's fixed to the individual of the national, anybody who, please, who decides to run. So Bukhara Saraki decided to run for the office of Senate president because eventually the party didn't push him out in the first place. So should he resign? As the Senate president, now that he's on a different platform, looking at what Gosula Pabio did. But I think the difference between what Bukla Saraki did and what Gosula Pabio did is Pabio was in charge, was minority leader. So if you're moving from a party and going to another party that is no longer minority, you cannot hold that position. Absolutely. So the honorable thing to do was resign. Yeah. So do you think I think I think if you look at it contextually, there are two there are two things to read out from here. First and foremost, the Nigerian constitution as regards the Senate president, mm. president presidency, who wins it and who is very is not detailed. Shallow. It's very shallow. And, and this is one of the things why people are also looking to fully reform the constitution, if not possible, write a new constitution. Because the the interpretation there can be read from different perspectives. Mm. Another perspective would be he has to resign because he's no longer from the majority, uh, the party with the majority in the house. And another interpretation would be whoever gets the most votes mm. from their colleagues in the Senate becomes the Senate president. And all these interpretations are valid. So first and foremost, this is very confusing for political pundits to put their hands around. And secondly, what president, uh, what the Senate president or the president of the Senate, mm. Nicola Saraki, said during his. Um, World press conference. World press conference was right that um, he can only be he can only resign or he can only he can only be removed as senate presidency by the votes of the people that put him there. And who are the votes? The members yeah, of the of the senate. Now, 
the PDP might not have, might not outrightly have the majority of the vote, but the APC cannot technically get majority. Get the majority too, because we all know that it needs. Is it? This is seventy-three. It's two-third. Two-third. Two so it needs two-third majority. That that should be about seventy-three votes, and APC can get that. The APC members and the other opposition together cannot cannot get uh, uh, um, those votes to get uh, Saraki out. So it's yeah. it's a technical dilemma, per se, mm -hmm. at the end of the day. But uh, uh, personally, I think uh, my own personal view would be for him to resign since he's no longer a member of the uh, APC, of the APC which, who still holds the majority in the National Assembly. Personally, but technically, and as a if you say as a professional political pundit, mm. um, he has the right to still stake a claim as a, uh, the president of the Senate as well. Because we all know the implications of an APC member or a pro Buharist becoming uh, the president of the president Senate. Of the Senate. It, it's, it's going to be problem problematic, seriously problematic. Uh, um, even in America, even though the, the, the Republicans own the majority of both the uh, both houses, houses. And even though the Republicans, um, the, 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 the Speaker of the House and the, 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 uh, the, the Senate President in America are all Republicans, mm -hmm. they are not pro, they are not pro Trump. And we all know what it means. Because the mere fact that they are not pro Trump means that most of Trump's ridiculous uh, policies or, 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 or bills cannot get passed because these people do not actually align their ideology with Trump, even though they are from the same party. So if imagine now a pro-Buharist, like for instance, the, the newly elected uh, uh, senator from Bauchi, mm. who said yesterday that he will do all he can to make sure that uh, President Buhari is president for life. You can imagine, imagine if that person, imagine if that person becomes the Senate president. Just imagine, even though it's, not, it's technically impossible, but imagine if he becomes the, the Senate president. Or imagine if there's actually someone who is eligible. Imagine if Ahmed Lawan, who is actually the most eligible from APC to become the Senate president. Imagine if he actually believes that personally, that President Buhari should be president for life. You can see these people can swing a lot of votes, can di diplomatically dialogue for a change in the constitution to suit presidency for life. This is, I mean, this is not a this is not a fantasy. It is happening in nearby Cameroon. It is happening in Benin Republic. It is happening in Togo. It is happening virtually everywhere in Africa. We know this for sure. Pro pro incumbent uh, uh, lawmakers mm. are the main reason why we have presidents for life. for life in Africa. They're the main reasons why we have people becoming presidents and staying there for 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. We do not need that in our democracy. We do not need people like that new. Uh, uh, senator from Bauchi being in the house. So yes, for personally and professionally, it would be ridiculous to have a pro Buharist as a Senate. We need a, 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 a real power power check. We need a real power balance if we really need our democracy to be held it is. I am not pro Saraki. I will never be. I do not rate him personally because he doesn't share ideals that are similar to mine. His ideology is far different from mine. I, I, I think of him as being an opportunist political opportunities because rare from the fact that he, his family has been there in power and I, everybody who knows me knows that I'm anti-establishment which means that I want that political class 
to be uprooted. I want that political class out of the way because they are the main reason why Nigeria it is where it is, it is. today. But I am not naive not to know that Saraki's presence in the house has helped a Check. bit in checking the excesses, the excesses of Mohammed of Mohammed Buhari's government. So this are yes. this these are my points. Yeah, so let's not let's not dwell um on this any further. Uh, I think we've done to an extent, we've done justice to everything. We I had think to we've done justice. Like, done justice to what we had to discuss today. I think so we can just seventeenth uh, um, of August, the PUC collection will be over. Okay. I think yeah. we can just yeah. do what we normally do: our, our civic engagement. You know, and then we're done. Yeah. Yeah. So today is what? Uh, today is the twelfth uh, of August. So five more days. Basically, I have five more days to get your PVC. So um, when you listen to this, and there's still time. Yeah, there should be, hopefully there's time when you listen to this. Please try to get your PVC. It means a lot. It actually does mean a lot. You don't know the impact, but every vote, every vote should actually count in twenty yeah. in twenty nineteen. If there are plots, if there are plots to rig the election, if there are plots to make the votes not count, let's make it almost impossible for them Absolutely. by coming out in our numbers, in our thousands, in our millions to vote and say, look. We're tired of establishment, we're tired of what is happening, we're tired of being fools. This is what we want, this is how we want it, and this is how it should be done. And your choice is valid. If you do not think that the two major parties, major parties. do not have the capability to change Nigeria, then vote for the outsiders. There's no, I mean, imagine if three million Nigerians sit down and say, I'm going to vote for an outsider, the yeah. party who is an outsider from the main two big 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 wigs. Yeah. Imagine what can do what that can do to our, our even, democracy. Even if you don't win now, even if next, you don't win now, it's a statement. Something. It's a statement. Votes are statements. We all see how these things uh, change. So make those votes count for whoever you think is uh, ripe enough or ready enough to to lead Nigeria to the promised land. Yeah. So it's a wrap for what is what get your PVC. Try to get as many other people as possible to join you, get your PVC, locate somewhere close to you, be responsible, be a true Nigerian, and stay, stay away from trouble. Yeah. <laughs> me, I go yan, me, I go speak my mind, me, I go yan, them things say we blind, make we yan, why are my people so poor, we can't take this no more, me, I go yan.